Lost for Words, a podcast about grief and loss. I am Aspen Drake, and I am super excited about this episode today. We have a special guest who is a friend of mine from college. Her name is Malia Diaz, or I knew her as Malia Parker before she got married. And she shares her experience with the passing of her father, which is fairly recent. And we get to learn more about that and just the experience of grieving with a family and in school and in a relationship. And it's just kind of been impressed upon me through this experience how like special and cool it is to be able to have the opportunity to share these stories with others and the fact that people trust me with their stories, not only to tell me their stories, but they trust me to share it with the world is a big deal and I'm not taking that for granted because while I was editing this it just really hit me like how emotional this is and uh, Malia really opened up and shared some intimate parts of her life with us and I'm just super grateful for that. I'll start up the recording here in just a second but I wanted to share real quick how I know Malia, give her a little intro. I actually remember the first time I ever saw Malia, I was on our campus, I think in one of our dorms actually, and she walked by me. And the first thing I noticed was she was about my height or a little shorter, which is kind of impressive if you know me and my small stature. And she had a hot pink Barbie backpack on. And I was like, I am going to be friends with this girl. I need to make this happen. And I'm so glad uh, that I did. She is such a wonderful person. She's sweet. She's fun. Um, Whenever something weird or crazy is going on at school, you could almost guarantee that Malia was going to be part of it, whether it's night swimming or living in a van or what have you. Malia's probably been there, done that, got the postcard. Um, and I also had the opportunity to be good friends with her husband as well before they were married. And now I just miss them. They're all the way in Hawaii and I'm in California. And this was a fun way for us to connect again. And hopefully she'll be able to come on the podcast again sometime. So without further ado, let's get this recording started. Thank you again for listening. Please like and subscribe. I will add the links in the description to some of the things that we end up discussing in this episode. So my name is Malia Diaz. I live in Hawaii. I'm a college student about to graduate from BYU-Hawaii. And I'm from Idaho originally. Um, I'm a peace-building major. So I'm studying mediation and conflict and lots of things. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it yet. I might be a pilot. Who knows? I really don't do with my life. But yeah, that's me, I guess. I'm 22 years old. Just to let you know, no one really knows what they're doing with their lives. So like, I hope that makes you, I don't know if that's going to make you feel better, but. Yeah, I get it. Mariah too, like she's been graduated for a year. She's like, it, (laughs) I don't know. You figure it out over time, but. Yeah, do you want to talk about your dad and when you first found out about how that started and where it went from there? Okay, okay, yeah, I can talk about that. So my dad was in his early 70s. He um, he was a really, really hard worker. He had several jobs, honestly, some I still to this day don't even know about, only he did, because mm-hmm. on the side he just have random projects he was working on 
things he was selling. I don't even know. Um, he mostly worked in concrete and asphalt. So whenever I see construction workers or if I hear, if I smell asphalt being poured or different like oil, car oils, like a boat starting up, it's weird. It makes me think of my dad. It makes me so happy. Like I'll inhale like the asphalt. Yeah, though that's so interesting. I've read that smell is like the most sensitive and like varying sense that we have. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of weird. I love those smells. Like boat exhaust makes me so happy because mm-hmm. um, he would always drive the boat. Um, but yeah, he got cancer. After my first semester at college, and it sounded like, oh, we can treat this like it'll be okay. And I know it scared my dad. I remember coming home, and we would talk about it, and he his voice was really raspy for a long time, and they didn't know what it was. They thought it was bronchitis, but they found out it was cancer. So he did uh, radiation for a long time, and I know that really hurt him because he wouldn't be able to talk. And my dad loved to talk. So when he couldn't anymore, it was really hard to watch. Just that initial watching them change and Mm -hmm. deteriorate a little bit, but it was just through his voice. He looked the same, but his voice was gone. Um, And he loved yelling. Like, he was always yelling at us (laughs) something. So when he couldn't anymore... It was just so sad. It's like, Dad, just yell at me, but you can't. <laughs> and it just kind of progressed a little. Like, it would get better. Um, it would get worse. And I was coming back to college. I would go home as much as I could, but I kept coming back here. And I know he wanted me to transfer somewhere closer to home, but I didn't. I felt like I needed to be here. And sometimes I still feel some regret for being far away a lot and not being around but yeah he then he started chemo that's when it got worse he didn't lose his hair he started losing his teeth wow um, which was really awful yeah you know, I don't know he just and he loved his appearance he was very fashionable very like always getting his hair cut and different things he really liked to look good and so he was just so embarrassed of how he looked And I hated how he was always self-conscious, like, I look so ugly, and it just made me really sad. Um, But anyways, eventually, so um, he was in really bad condition when I got married, and that summer, because he died in September 2016, and he almost didn't make it to our wedding He was so weak, but he made it, and he even danced with me for our father-daughter dance. And that's, like, my last most favorite memory with my dad because I know he was so tired and so weak, but he danced his heart out for, like, five minutes. Yeah, I love that picture of you guys dancing at your wedding. And I know he was so exhausted. And he wasn't even wearing a suit either. He's, like, wearing a soccer jersey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So funny. I also, this sounds weird, but I, my dad loved to swear a lot. And so swearing make, also makes me happy. <laughs> no, that's great. I love that. That's a wonderful quirk. 
and he would swear totally out of context too and a lot of people would make fun like bill that makes no sense like you just want to swear just to swear i just feel like a well-placed swear is just so comical or like makes <laughs> such an impression yeah so like, i can't even like remember if i come up with if i think of one i'll say it mm-hmm. um But yeah, so Johnny and I went on our honeymoon and we were intending on taking a road trip from Idaho to Disneyland and going the scenic route along the coast, which we did. We made it halfway down Oregon coast and then we started to run out of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We used too much in Seattle and did like every touristy thing there. So we ran out of money and we still had enough to keep going and I wanted to keep going, but Johnny's like, we should go home. Like, I really feel like we should go home. And I was like, what are you talking about? I want to keep going. He's like, no, I just have this feeling we should go back. And I'm really glad we did because I think it was like a week after or a week, a week or two after my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. So Johnny had like this instinct or something. Yeah. Um, you got to have that time with him instead of having to like rush over and be there at the tail end. Yeah. So I was glad we were there, but I remember, um, the, so the night that he died, I, Johnny and I went in to talk to him because every night after work, Johnny and I would go hang out in his room for a little bit and he was acting particularly off. Mm-hmm. Like he thought that Johnny's mom was there, which Johnny is my husband. I also forgot to say I'm married. But he thought that she was still there. I was like, go get your mom a drink of water. And Johnny's like, what are you talking about? Like, my mom's not here. She left a month ago. And he's like, oh, really? And then he said, hey, mom and I are going to go go on a little trip. We're going on a road trip to the Tri-Cities. I was like, what are you talking about? And Because the Tri-Cities is where my grandparents live. It's like two hours away. And so he was just off and I could tell he was in a lot of pain. Like it was just really like forced that he was speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, I, we left and we went to like our room cause we were luckily staying at home at the time. And I remember I went in our room and I just cried. I couldn't stop. I was like, Johnny, he, that's not my dad. Like, that doesn't sound like him. There's something wrong. And and I remember Johnny even cried too. And we just talked about how sad that it was. And so he's like, Hey, what can, what would cheer you up? And I, I don't know why, but I was like, can we go to Target? Nothing like <laughs> tail therapy. Yeah. Retail therapy helps. And so, but in this case, like even that didn't help. Like we got there and I wandered around forever. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so we left and on our, as we pulled into my driveway, my mom was flooring it out of the driveway. And I saw my dad in the seat next to her and I like rolled down my window, said, mom, what's going on? And she yelled at me. She was also very irritable and angry at this time. She was already mad at me for something that day. I think because I didn't bring the kids home on time from school because I forgot. I I can't really remember it, but she had been like, tension had been building between us because she was I wasn't doing what she wanted. And so she's like, I'm taking dad to the hospital. Don't follow me. And she was also like crying a little bit. And so it's like, okay. And the kids were already in bed. This was like at 10 o'clock at night. 
So we pulled into the driveway and I like my heart was pounding. I was like, Johnny, what should I do? And he and he said specifically, like, what if this is your last night to see your dad? And I was like, no, it's not. And he said, well, okay, but what if it is like you should follow her? Let's go. And I was like, well, what about my siblings? And he's like, they're fine. Like they were already asleep at home. So I turned around and followed her to the hospital. And we got to the ER and mom didn't even say anything. She wasn't even mad that I was there. Um, they couldn't get his temperature. He was too cold. So they put him in a warming bed. And we just hung out in there. The doctor came in and out, basically diagnosed him with uh, pneumonia. And they were going to drain his lungs. And that's like a relatively easy procedure from what I understand. So they're like, no worries. And... So we were there and Johnny and I had to work the next day and my mom, Johnny was falling asleep standing up. So she's like, you guys should go home. And I said, are you sure, mom? She said, yeah, we'll be home. And like, they're just going to do this and then we'll be back. And so I said, okay. So I remember I gave my dad a kiss. said, I love you, dad. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. And Johnny did too. And he like was kind of out of it, but he, Johnny still remembers the last thing he said to him. He's like, are you going to go take a nap, Johnny? And Johnny's like, yeah, I love naps. He's like, okay, me too. Have a good nap. And we, and then we left and we went straight home and went to bed. And I remember like having a dream that like my phone kept ringing and I thought it was a dream, but then I woke up and I had a bunch of missed calls from my mom. And so I like called her back. I, walked out of the room and called her back and and I, I she answered I was like mom and it was silent but I could hear her crying I was like mom what's wrong and she said dad had a heart attack and I said oh my gosh like is he okay and she said no you don't understand like he didn't make it and I remember like oh it was awful like I can't explain that feeling I literally like fell on the ground and I screamed like, there, like, no, there's no way, there's no way that my dad is dead. Mm-hmm. And um, Johnny came running in and he, he like picked me up. He's like, let's go, let's go. And I remember saying like, okay, mom, we'll be right there. And I wanted to shower, but I didn't have the motivation. So I just went, we went straight there. And I don't even remember the car ride there because Johnny doesn't have a license. So I drove. And I could barely see because my eyes were so swollen. I just felt so numb that I don't remember that drive, but I know we got there. And I remember we walked in and it was like being in a tunnel, like tunnel vision, Mm -hmm. just like walking back to the room he was in and there was a butterfly on the door, which they put on when someone has died so that you can leave them alone. And we walked in and my mom was there just like weeping over my dad's body. And I was just so angry at myself. Like, why did we leave? Why wasn't I here? Because she was alone and they were doing CPR on my dad. And she was there all by herself watching that. And they did it for a really long time. And and they turned to her like, what do you want us to do? And she said, well, we have we have little kids at home. So they kept trying and trying, but eventually they're like, we can't bring him back. He's not, he's not coming back. And 
I just sat, we sat in there together and just cried. I, my aunt brought my siblings over and I think one of the hardest parts was watching my mom tell them that our dad didn't make it and that he wasn't going to be coming home. Yeah. You just went um, so badly to protect them from that, but it's like they had yeah. to know. They were just like burying themselves into her and Ricky was seven at the time, my little brother, and he just was so stoic. He didn't really show any emotion and wanted someone to hold him the whole time. And I, we took them back to go like sit with our dad and he didn't want to look at him. He was scared. And I understand like that's scary, mm-hmm. you know, a dead body. And I remember taking off his watch and his ring and we each got a turn alone with him to say goodbye. But that wasn't goodbye. Like I still don't feel like that was enough because he was already dead. I don't know. Um, so we said goodbye. And I remember the EM, the nurse came up to me and he said, I, I want you to know. He like sat down on the floor with me. He said, I want you to know like how much of an effect your family has had on me just in like these last few hours you guys have been here, oh, like six hours. He said, I, I used to be in the military, used to be an EMT. Like I watched a lot of people die, but I've, I've never been so worked up about a death than this one. And I said, why, why do you say that? He said, I, I was the one like on top of him trying to bring him back doing CPR. And I was the one that asked your mom if we should keep going. And she said that you guys are all so young. And he started crying like to me. And said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, I tried. Yeah. Well, and it's just so crazy that someone who's so, has been there before, has been at the crux of someone's life before, and has seen so many people go, that, like, you know, each individual still situation is so different and has such a profound effect on the people around them. Yeah. Yeah, it was... I, I remember I wanted to go back and, like, visit that guy, but I, I don't even know if he's there anymore. Um, well, that was cool of him to talk to you. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, I guess that's, like, the gist of what happened. Yeah. I just want to say, like, you tell that story so, like, beautifully. Like, it's not a, obviously not a happy, great story, but, like, whenever, when you tell it to me, I just got so, like, sucked in and I could, like, feel the emotions you're a good storyteller thank you do you feel like you would have preferred to have been there when your dad had passed or are you kind of happy that you missed it no I'm not happy I missed it like I know that I feel like I definitely have trauma from that it would have been more traumatic to have watched it and so that's where I feel so bad that I'm so traumatized in that way all alone Mm-hmm. And she's actually in nursing school, and she has to constantly be at that hospital. Yeah. And I know that's yeah. Um, But, I, yeah, I wish I was there. I know it would have been awful, but at least I would have, like, been there at the very last moment. But just in general, I have FOMO all the time mm-hmm. missing out. And, like, the fact that I missed that, just it still haunts me every day, like, 
I think about it all the time. And that's just me. I know some people are probably glad that they weren't there, but yeah. I think in grief, it's pretty easy, whatever your situation is, I think it's pretty easy to look back and find something to fixate on and be like, oh, I regret this or, oh, I feel bad about this. Yeah. How have you all been doing since? Last Christmas was, I don't know, it really just depends on how you look at it. It was really hard because that was our very first Christmas without him. A lot of first things because that was only four months after. Um, But it was also really special because my dad always carried a lot of money on him. And my mom had been going through his stuff. And just like a week before Christmas was going through his wallet and found hidden in there five $100 bills because he would carry that kind of change on him. Mm. I don't know why, just to be prepared. Um, and so as a Christmas present, she said, uh, your dad has a gift for you. And I'm like, what are you talking oh. about? She pulled out his wallet and she showed us each $500 bill. She's like, this is for each of you um, from dad. And must have like, he's like, she's like, I don't know if this was intended, but it just feels like I felt I found it at the perfect time for you guys to have this. That's so, so special. Yeah. So Johnny and I each got one and I actually like it's sitting over there. I have it in a box. I haven't touched it. I can't get myself to spend it. Mm-hmm. Even though like we need money, <laughs> I can't do it. And I talked to my siblings about it, too. They haven't touched theirs either. And they are big money spenders. Like, we all kind of have a burning hole in our pocket, money burning hole in our pocket. Uh, but we none of us can do it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to spend it. I know. It's not just money anymore. It's like a sentimental thing. Yeah. So that was hard. And then this Christmas, um, we I noticed when we went home, because I hadn't been home in a year, there's little pictures of my dad all over the house. And there's like one big one in front of my mom's study table. And she, her study table is right next to the chair my dad, dad would always sit in. So she sits and talks to him. Oh. Yeah, they're, they're doing okay. I know my mom is very distracted with school. And I know uh, another hard part is people are really, really, uh, kind at first and they're always like giving you things making sure you're okay um really empathetic empathetic and sympathetic but then it's like there's a point where they're like well I guess you should move on now and they stop mm-hmm. you if you're okay they stop talking about it and yeah. um, sometimes people in from church will message me like what can I do for your mom And the thing I always say is, like, just don't ignore the fact that we don't have, that she doesn't have a husband. Don't ignore that. Don't not talk about my dad because you're scared. Like, the more you stop talking about him, the more dead he is. And that's just always my advice. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that because some people just can't talk about it, and that's fine. Um, But at least for us. When I recommended that, I had someone message me back like, oh, I talked to your little brother. I asked him about your dad, and he just lit up. His face was so happy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's something I know that helps. No, I agree. I talk about, 
I've talked about on this podcast how, like, sometimes people just, like, hit an ex like, they do their, like, recommended amount of helpfulness or due diligence, and then it's kind of like, oh, this isn't a new event anymore, and it kind of expires, they move on, and it's still something that affects you. But I like that. I like the just keeping them alive, keeping their memory alive, talking about them, because they're someone who is important to you. Yeah. Um, like you said, some people might be upset by talking about them in the moment, but yeah, I feel like in the long run, if someone is important to you, like that's something you would be like excited or like passionate about talking about. And my dad loved attention, so I still try to give that to him, even though I'm not here. No, I love that. And it's like you need to treat each person who has passed kind of like how they'd want to be treated, kind of like re- regarding their personality and everything. Yeah, if he was different, like I wouldn't mention him as much, but just for the sole fact that he loved being talked about mm-hmm. is why I enjoy it so much. I know. He sounds so wonderful. <laughs> I know. I wish I had met him. Every Tory story you tell is just so funny and sweet. Oh, thanks. And are you happy? Well, obviously you're happy. I mean, this is a dumb question, but, like, you're glad that Johnny got to meet him. and Yeah, I'm so glad that he was there. I am. Jo- My dad was obsessed with Johnny. <laughs> I remember, like, he was getting ready for work, and I went into his room. And he's like, Malia, I just I just love Johnny so much, I can't even stand it. <laughs> I was like, what? Why do you like him so much? He's like, I don't know. And he just, like, could he loved Johnny, like on the verge of weird obsession. Like, <laughs> and Johnny liked him back. He would call Johnny even more than me sometimes. <laughs> Stop calling Johnny. Like, talk to me. <laughs> I love that. So I'm really glad that he did get to know him. I'm just so sad because there's just so much left that my dad could have mm-hmm. said to him, like more time they could have spent together. Yeah. And now that Johnny has lost his dad also. Now I guess we both have grown closer in the fact that we neither of us have a dad. Yeah, I was going to ask because I remember talking to some people and sometimes when uh, one member of a relationship has lost someone and one member hasn't, it kind of puts a strain on the relationship because the one doesn't know how to really address the other. Yeah, to an extent because I had a really good relationship with my dad, um, very loving one, and he and his dad, mm-hmm. they did not a good relationship like very seriously and so his grief is a lot different than mine he even says he's like I'm not grieving at all I he is because everyone does it's just not in the form that he thinks he should yeah but I would say that we still have a hard time just because we grieve differently Mm -hmm. and a lot of people like oh it must be so nice that you were married when this happened yes it was really nice because I always have someone to go to. But at the same time, I feel like a crazy wife because there's always, I don't know, there's something wrong. I have developed a very serious anxiety problem because of it. I'm really surprised I didn't get more depressed than I did, but I've become very anxious in ways I never was before. I draw it back to my dad's death, and I know that that's hard for him to deal with. And that's not easy to, like, understand what to do with someone when they're having a panic attack or when they can't breathe or um, when I just can't stop crying. 
no, it's hard when someone's expecting you to be functional, like in a relationship and you're like, this is where I'm at right now. I know you probably don't get it, but yeah, but you guys are both still in school, right? Or is Johnny working? Johnny graduated when we started dating. Okay. So it's been three years. I'm in school and have two months left. And I remember a lot of your, I remember when you did that, uh, that kind of blog about grief and you had me write a section for it. Um, is there anything else that you did like in your schoolwork or artwork or anything around this? Um, yeah, I have that blog. I, I need to get back on it and add some more things and more people have said they want to say their stories, but just keeping in contact with people and following through is hard. Mm-hmm. But it still exists. It's still there. Um, Johnny and I made a, I was in a personal conflict class. So for my major and we talked about all these hard subjects like suicide, grief, uh, faith crisis, depression, anxiety, mental illness. Well, those are all in the same. And for our final project, we had to pick one that we were most related to and do basically anything we wanted, make a poem, sing a song video anything and so Johnny and I made a video about grief and it's that one that's on our YouTube channel Mm -hmm. no I love that video like that is kind of the single piece of media I don't know if it's just more impactful because I know you personally and like I can watch you and hear your voice on the video but like it just really hits me every time I watch it and like you just get it like (laughs) I know it's coming from such a genuine place and it's so beautifully filmed and edited and I will watch it because I can hear my dad's voice at the end. Mm. And sometimes it just lets me, like, cry. Yeah, I, I'll watch it from time to time, and it lets me, like, just cry a little bit and feel better. Sometimes you need, like, a catalyst, like, something to make you cry. Because sometimes you're just so used to bottling it up and doing your daily thing. It's nice to have, like, a voicemail or a picture or a note from them, and you're like, this is it. This is going to get me. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what that video has been for me. And yeah. it, it was really hard to make. I It put me in a funk making mm-hmm. it. And you can ask Johnny, like, there were a lot of days I was really angry and irritable while we made that. In times where he's like, I don't know if we can finish this because I don't want to deal with you. Well, like, that makes sense because, like, artists and people, when they say they get really deep into their work, they get sucked into, like, the emotions that they're putting into their work. And so I used to think, like, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. Like, they're just trying to be deep. But, like, in this situation, it's like you're actually drawing from an experience that's really fresh. And you're, like, some lots of emotions that I think people actively try to avoid. But you are, like, addressing them head on. Yeah. And a lot of, like, the, I don't know if I actually had tears in it, but, like, the screaming in the video was real yeah that wasn't very forced (laughs) I want to scream all the time I I just I feel like something grief has given me is like a lot of built-up anger when we're not in school I think I want to take like some martial arts because I just want to beat someone up (laughs) (laughs) or like punch a wall like if I could break this wall that would feel so good yeah no I just have a lot of like desire to be violent and I know that I shouldn't. So yes. I'll take get an outlet for that. <laughs> there you go. Martial arts is like you'll train your body. You'll become like a weapon. <laughs> yeah, like boxing. I, I like boxing, so that's something I want to get into. Cool. 
cool. It's good. You gotta have like a balance though. Not everyone is like a Buddhist monk that can go around and like not harm anything, you know? Sometimes you gotta find your outlet. Actually, if it's okay with you, I'd love to post that video on my Facebook page for this yeah, go podcast. I, just, I don't know. To me, it's like public property. I don't care. You can mm-hmm. share it as much as you want. I'll share the information. Is there anything else that you like? feel impressed that you want to talk about? or? I did actually. So I have a quote. I yes. Um, from C.S. Lewis, from A Grief Observed. I don't know if you've read that book. No, but it sounds like I should. It's really good. So C.S. Lewis's wife died. Well, I don't actually remember what his real name is because C.S. Lewis is his pseudonym. He's just C.S. Lewis in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, he wrote a book about um, how he dealt with grief when his wife died. And I have been reading it recently. And this is like literally the very beginning of the book. But he says, no one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. I'm not afraid, but the sensation is like being afraid. The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. At other times, it feels like being mildly drunk or concussed. There's a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. And that's something I just relate to all the time I don't know I think of this quote all the time because sometimes I feel foggy I actually have a classmate whose dad died also it was eight years ago but our teacher kept saying like okay like you guys are doing this right now answer this question and I was like wait what did she say what are we doing and I kept asking her like I think I asked her like 10 times like like, what are we doing and she's like Lee are you okay and I said I don't know I think so. I just feel like foggy. She's like, you know, that's a symptom of grief, like forgetting things. And I've just noticed it more and more that, that since she's told me that is like, there feels like there's a blanket between everyone else and me, like this sheet mm-hmm. in my own little world. Because like I say in my video, it feels like there's a monster following me, but no one else can see that monster. It's just me. Yeah, and I just really related to it. It talks about feeling drunk or concussed. Like, that's sometimes how it feels. Like, your brain is just not normal. Well, and I just love how we found a way to put that into words. Because Mm -hmm. now that we talked about it, I get where you're coming from. But, like, off the top of my head, I don't know how I'd explain that. Just, like, foggy. Yeah, just out of it. I Yeah, I love his words. I love it when people put it into words because I feel like I can't always do that how I want to well that's why like I think it's so cool like I'm glad you shared a quote because it's so important for us to just read and learn from other people's experiences because sometimes you'll just find like a phrase or something that just resounds with you and all of a sudden it kind of clicks and you're like this makes sense yeah do you want before we wrap up do you want to uh plug your uh your 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 wonderful YouTube page. Do you want to let sure. the people know where to find you? Oh, do you want me to just like say how to find it? Sure, yeah. Okay. You can tell them a little bit about it. Um, so our YouTube page is really random. We're working on kind of narrowing down what our purpose is on YouTube. <laughs> um, but Johnny and I do vlogs. It's mostly his thing, but um, we have other video projects that we've done. 
um, specifically my grief video, but a lot of them are travel vlogs. So feel free to watch those if you want. They're mostly from when we went to the Philippines. But um, so if you type in on YouTube search dark chicken, but chicken is spelled wrong. So C-H-I-K-I-N, you'll find our page. It'll be the first one that pops up. It'll show our channel and then you'll find my grief story on there. And you're welcome to subscribe. You just hit the red subscribe button. And you have to be logged into your Gmail. So if you have a Gmail, that also means you have a YouTube, which a lot of people don't know. I recently. Yeah. So, yeah, if you, have a, if you have a Gmail, you have a YouTube. And same login and everything. But, yeah, anyone can watch it, share it. I don't care. Smash yeah. that like button. Yeah. Like and subscribe. I- Yes. Well, well, Leah, thank you so much for like coming on and sharing all this really intimate stuff with us today. Like, I know it's probably a story you've told a lot, but I realize that it's still very powerful and it means a lot. Yeah, thank you. I've gotten better at not crying, but like my body's getting really hot. I get (laughs) my body temperature rises if I talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. I can feel that right now, but I, I'm happy to talk about it. It's helpful. The more I, if I go through spells of not talking about him or saying anything, then I can feel it building up. So it's a good release. Well, thank you. Yeah. And thank I'm sure so I'll have you on again in the future. We can talk about who knows what there's lots to discuss. Okay. Thanks so much. Aspen. No, thank you. Just let me know anytime. Of course.